November 20th, 2023, we're in Masechet in the widest lines, if you count down seven lines, uh, we're just a few words onto the line at the words Tashema. If you recall the context of the Gemara, is the Gemara is in the midst of trying to deal with whether people who have uh, died, whether Metim, have the ability to know what's transpiring in this world. And the Gemara really addressed that from a halakha perspective, but as a result, it's quoting several agadot, several stories and legends which the hachamim were familiar with in order to determine that question and arrive at a conclusion to it. Tashema says the Gemara, come and listen to the following proof that those who are deceased actually are aware of what's taking place in this world. The father of Shimuel, not Shimuel Hanavi, but Shimuel from the time of the Gemara, his father, Havu Kamafkede, Lehafkid, means to safeguard. Uh, so uh, people would safeguard by him, Zuzediyatme, money of orphans. So he was an individual who would take care of the estate of a person who deceased and watch over the money and uh, safeguard it, hopefully hand it over to them or deal with it as necessary over the course of their upbringing of orphans. Kinah nafsheh, when Avuhad Shmuel passed away, lahava Shemuel gabeh, Shemuel was not with him. Wherever he was, he was away, he was not present. Since Shemuel didn't know where the money was, and he wasn't able to, in turn, defend those orphans with the money that they'd given to his father, people were referring now to Shemuel as the son bar achil of the individual who ate the money of orphans. Was they were accusing him, accusing his father of stealing that money. He wasn't with his father. He wasn't familiar with where that money was hidden. It wasn't in a bank. It wasn't in a safe deposit bank uh, box. And as a result, they were, had these claims against him, against his father. And he wants to settle the matter. He wants to return the money appropriately, but he doesn't know how to find it. Azal abatre lahasar mavet. He went after him, meaning he followed, so to speak, his father into the Hasar Mavit, into the cemetery, the courtyard of the dead. Amar Lehu, he said in the cemetery, Ba'ina Abba, I need my father, or I need Abba. Amru Abba Tuba Ika, Hacha. They said to him, Abba, people known as Abba, Tuba, many Ika Hacha there are here. We have many Abbas. You might say, I'm looking for a Jack. Uh, how many Jacks do we have? No, no, I'm looking for a Jack Cohen. Uh, we have so many Jacks. I'm looking for, okay, you know, it says the Gemara, Amar Lehu, he said to them, Ba'ina Abba Bar Abba. No, I'm looking for, again, a Jack Cohen. Uh, Abba, my father's name is Abba. His father's name apparently was Abba as well. That's who I'm looking for. He's speaking in the cemetery to the souls. That's the description over here. But their response to him as a result of this question is, Amar Amru they said to that as well, We also have several people known as Abba Bar Abba. We have several Jack Cohens. Uh, so you can't really say Abba Bar Abba. Says Shemuel, okay, let me fully clarify who I'm looking for. Amar lehu ba'ina Abba Bar Abba Abu Shmuel. Uh, hecha. He says, I'm looking for Abba, the son of Abba, who's the father of Shemuel. That's me. Hecha, where is he? 
Okay, that's who you're looking for. Why didn't you say so before? He went up to the yeshiva, metivta, yativ means to sit, metivta means the sitting place, meaning the yeshiva, of the heavens. He's no longer on the lower realm. You won't be able to encounter him in a simple fashion. Something like that. As he's waiting for them, so to speak, to summon him down, as he's dealing with the deceased, He saw Levi who was sitting outside, outside of the Metivta de Rekiah. Uh, Levi, who was a great rabbi from the time of the Gemara contemporary, maybe even the rabbi of Shemuel, uh, wasn't entered into the Mitivta de Rekiah. He's a little surprised by that. My father, who was scholarly and pious and righteous, I understand that he's there. Levi, what are you doing here? Why is it that you're sitting outside? So in the middle of the story, right? He's waiting for his father, but while he's waiting for his father, he said, Levi! It's been a long time. You passed some time ago. But what are you doing here outside of the, the Midrash, outside of the Yeshiva Shil Ma'ala? Um, uh, why didn't you go up into the Amale Levi responded to him, because it was told to me, they said to me up there, all the years just like those that you didn't go into or up to the yeshiva of Rav Ephes and in turn you were mahalish you uh, you pained da'ate you gave him sorrow and agony we won't bring you into the upper yeshiva in other words, before we get the story down, they say that, that Levi tells Shemuel, the problem over here is they're paying me back for a mistake I made. You might recall Shemuel. It's in fact the Gemara in Masechet Ketubot and Davkov Gimal. Um, the Gemara over there tells how at a specific time when Rabbi, when Rabbi Udaha Hanasi was, uh, Rabbeinu HaKadosh was passing on, he appointed Rabbi Hanina to take over in his place. He had this appointment, but ultimately speaking, Rabbi Efes took over because he was older than Rabbi Hanina. So listen to the circumstance again. The appointed was Rabbi Hanina. The one who enters is Rabbi Efes because he's older. Rabbi Hanina wouldn't go into the Midrash as a result of he was appointed, but he handed over the mantle. Levi, out of respect to Rabbi Hanina at that time, wouldn't go into the Midrash either. Oh, for that... Even though you were doing the right thing in your mind in respecting Rabbi Hanina, who was appointed as the heir of Rabbi Rabbeinu Hakadosh, the fact that Rabbi Efes Ahlishte you gave him sorrow and agony, that Levi wasn't in the Mitivta at the time, for that all those years, the particular and specific amount of time that you abstained from you, you stayed out of the midrash. That's why you're not entered into the Metivta de Rekiah. Okay, so that's the story as it's told over here. To a certain extent, this gets linked up with 
that story in Kitubot. But remember, here's Shimuel looking for his father, encountering Levi. We'll come back to Levi in a moment or, or, or two. So, but again, they say to him, you won't go into Mitzvahe as he's talking to Levi, Ata Avuha, his father shows up. So there's a lot of action going on in the cemetery he's over here. He's looking for his dad. He says, do you know where uh, John Doe is? And they do you say, know where Abba, the Abba, Abba, John Abba, Doe, yeah, the guy with the red shirt. There's a million guys with red Good. shirt. Okay. Finally, they find him. They say, they know who he's talking about. He's up there. Rabbi comes in. He goes, Rabbi, what are you doing? I thought you would be in VIP with my dad. Correct. And he says, well, there was a story once. I respected someone too much, but also at the same time disrespected someone else. While they're talking about that, dad shows up. Indeed. So we have Levi on the side. We'll deal. We'll come back to him. But now we're going back to his father. He sees, Shimuel does, that his father was both crying and smiling. Something's bittersweet, Dad. What's going on? Amar le, he asks his father, my kabachit. Why is it that you're crying? Amar le de agal ka'atit. Because quickly, like ba'agalau bizman kariv. Agal, quickly, soon ka'atit. You're coming. He's telling Shimuel that he's going to pass on soon. And that's sad for me. I want you to have more time in this world. Or in that world, as it were, right? I want you to be more prosperous and more successful. My ta'amachikat. That's a reason to cry, Dad. So then why are you smiling? Answers his father, Because you're very important in this world. We'll see in a moment this or two. This world meaning the next world? Great or? question. We'll see in a moment or two. Rashi's interpretation seems to be that... You'll see in Rashi, two lines from the bottom, it's a reference to this world, Olam Hazeh, not the Olam Haba, not the Metiv Tadrikiyah. That's Rashi's understanding. I see that you're very respected in that world, in, in, in the world that you live in. That's why I'm smiling. Alternatively, Maharsha will suggest, according to Tosafot's different interpretation of the Gemara coming up, that they interpret it as Bahai Alma in the world to come. Okay, either way, the point is that's his expression of the father. So okay. Before we even get to the punchline, this does kind of prove that the maybe that is the punchline indeed is aware of what's they're aware going of on. what's going on even I'm the not... fact that he spoke and he said where's your father which father that's it they already um, I don't know about that no conversation we were never debating we were debating whether there's knowledge of what's going on here that they can discuss and have conversations the Gemara seems to accept that freely that there's some sort of communion that that the Gemara never doubted whether they actually know, not that we can't remember, the Gemara gave a deflection some lines ago, we learned it last time, that maybe when someone deceased was deceased after they died, they went and told others. They can find out, but do they innately, do they naturally know what's going on? That's really the debate, that's, that's... seemingly so. Amale, let's finish the story and then we'll hit that punchline, but it's exactly on this line, indeed. Amale Ihashivna says Shimuel, Dad, now that you're saying I'm important, na'ayeluha lelevi, we should, they should bring up Levi. If I'm an important person in a ruhani way, in a spiritual way, well then my rabbi, my, my, uh, my contemporary Levi, he should be allowed up. And indeed, they brought up Levi into the Mitiv Tadirikiyah. Okay, now, says Shemuel, now that we dealt with my friend, now that I understand what's happening quickly, now that I've met you, Dad, he says, Dad, what I'm really here for is where's the money of those orphans? Amar le zil shaklinu be'amta 
go and take them from the area of the grinding stone, of the rehaim. Ilai vatatai didan. You should know when you get there and you find the location where the money is left over there, it's going to be three levels with money. The top level and the bottom level, however they're encased and whatever they're put in, are ours. The the middle bills or coins or whatever the currency fashion was, the middle ones are the orphans, says, uh, says uh, Shemuel to his father. Okay, got it. Now I know where to locate it. Dad, can I ask you, why'd you do that? Why is it that you did it like that? Amarle explains his father to him the righteousness, the foresight of If robbers will come, they'll take from the top level, that'll be our money. If now that apparently it's buried, and the ground will, in some way, uh, swallow it up or it'll decompose. It'll be the bottom level, which is ours as well. The middle will be encased in the middle over there, and that's how we'll preserve best that which I was given to safeguard. That's the end of the story. Says the Gemara, You see that they know. The dead people, the Metim, do know what's happening here. Rashi, again, two lines from the bottom. She says, you see, the fact that they knew who's important, Abu Hadishmuel was aware of that, clearly they know what's happening over here. Tosafot on the right hand side writes, from the fact that he says, I know that you'll be here soon. And so that's how we know that he knows what's going on. And you can't answer that maybe it's because Duma is coming up and telling them. That's what the Gemara said a little bit ago, that uh, there's a Duma meaning the 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 individual who's safeguarding the entrance of the dead people goes and tells the dead people beforehand. That's when it's immediate. That's when it's right beforehand. But if it's some time until it's true, it's agal, it's somewhat near, but it's not tomorrow, it's not in an hour, even Duma would not know. So it means that Tosafot and Rashi interestingly debate what's the line that proves to us that they know. Rashi says, indeed, but it seems clear that they know. That's what the Gemara said. Rashi said it's from the knowledge of who's important. Why won't Tosafot accept that line? So that's what I was quoting to you earlier, Maharsha. Maharsha says, because the hashivut, the importance, the prominence, is not about in this world, according to Tosafot, it's in that world. So yeah, they know who's important in that world, but not necessarily that they know what's important in this world. That might be what the debate between Rashi and Tosafot is, but common denominator is the line in the Gemara. Alma, it's clear the Yad'i answers the Gemara. Dilma Shane Shimuel, maybe Shimuel's case is different. Kevan de Hashiv, since as we said, he was important. Kadme umachreze penu makom. They go ahead of him and they have a real entourage, so to speak, preceding him before his entrance into Olam Haba, into the life after this world. And they say, penu makom, open up space. In other words, whereas in a regular circumstance, it uh, might be a last minute ordeal when you have an important person who's coming, when you're setting up the place, you're, if you're, you're building the hall, you're setting up the occasion before an important dignitary or individual arrives, 
Uh, people need to know. People do know. Not that they, generally speaking, will know. The preparation isn't, generally speaking, so much in advance. With Shimuel, it's an outlying, it's an exceptional case because he was an exceptional person. Okay, the Gemara doesn't have a full conclusion on this, but now the Gemara brings us back to Rabbi Onatan. And if you recall, Rabbi Onatan, who started this whole conversation by saying he doesn't believe that the Metim know what's going on in this world. Rabbi Onatan, three lines from the bottom, Hadarbe. Rabbi Yonatan Hadarbe, he changed his opinion. He retracted his position that the Metim don't know, and he then accepted that they do. How do you know that the dead people, those who have departed this world, speak one to the other, and more specifically know what's going on? It seems, as the Pasuk says, Vayomer Adonai Elav, Zota Aretz Ashenishbati Le'Avraham Li'Tzhakul Ya'akob, Lemor. So it's an interesting pasuk. But again, the reference in this pasuk, and it might touch on what you were referring to earlier, maybe the Gemara will a little bit conflate the points, because this pasuk is a pasuk with re- referring to Moshe being commissioned by God at the end. It's this is the land which I promised to Abraham, Tzach, and Yaakov. Why does the pasuk end with Lemor? Lemor we generally translate as, you should say to. Who are you saying that to? Moshe, this is the land which I promised Avram Tzachak Yaakov. Look at it. I've showed it to you. With your eyes, you saw it, but you're not going to go there. Who are you saying this to? The dirasha goes like this. My lemor, question mark. Bottom line. Go and tell, uh, the as you pass, Moshe, Go and tell Avraham, Tzhak, and Yaakov that the promise which I gave to you, God says to Moshe, I have fulfilled. And if you're to say that the deceased don't actually know, well, when Moshe will say it to them, what will that mean? So a moment or two ago we said, but they do speak. Well, the speed, look at Rashi. If the claim is that they don't understand what's happening in this world, it's not that they can't speak to those who are here. It's that when words from living people or matters in this world are transmitted to them, well, they don't have knowledge. Again, the commission, to, the mission of Moshe is Moshe, go tell Avram Yaakov before you pass away. Uh, but what's it going to do? They're not going to know anything. They're not going to understand it. The Gemara said earlier, maybe when there's a pain to our bodies. But otherwise, they won't know. So Moshe, what are you accomplishing through the command of God to go speak to Abraham Tzachak and Yaakov if they can't and won't understand what you're but talking about? we just prove that they do? We didn't prove it ultimately. So we said maybe Shemuel is different because of his hashivut. We have no conclusion. That's the only way That's to the story. Yeah. Each one of these stories had a, sh- a short re- deflection. Right? Sa'ara de Gufa, etc. We had several of these deflections in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, Ela, my So you're claiming, Rabbi Yonatan, that they do know, that they do understand. If we say something to them, so to speak, if something in this world happens, they'll know about it, they'll be aware of it. So if that's the case, if they do know what's happening here, why does Moshe at all need to say it to them? That's unnecessary. They know. Answers the Gemara, 
Moshe. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, God wanted that they be makir tob to Moshe. God wanted Moshe to be the one to tell them so he should get some credit. Ultimately speaking, he's the one who led the people through the desert and to the land. He was a player in this, and so as a result, they should be somewhat thankful to him for fulfilling the mission of God to them. Amar Bitzhak, the Gemara has no final conclusion on matters of dead people knowing or not, but the Gemara does talk about it in a little bit more of a practical uh, fashion. What about a person who speaks Lashon Hara about a deceased person? What's the status? What's the situation? It's as if they're talking about and after a rock. Well, that sounds like it's insignificant. It means like that it sounds like you could say whatever you want about someone who deceased. Says the Gemara, one of two interpretations. One opinion is not that you're allowed to do so, but what it means is as if you're talking behind the back of a rock is to say that they don't know. Again, not that it's permitted, but they don't know. What does it mean? It's as if you're talking about a rock. Why, it's as if because they don't know. Why would it be permitted if they don't know or will never? Well, maybe Lashon Hara is not per se that the person will know. Lashon uh, Hara can even be the Hadarin. You say it in an absolute secretive way and it won't get back to them, and you're certain it won't. Still, an issue of Lashon Hara. So I'm saying, this doesn't mean it's permitted. It means that the expression is a Hareha Even. What does that mean? Either they don't know. The second interpretation seems to be permitting it, perhaps, perhaps, because it says, but they don't care. It doesn't matter to them. So one of two interpretations is they don't know or they do know and it doesn't matter to them. So it's a, it's a continued conversation in the Gemara about whether they know or not. But says the Gemara, either way you go, Ini is this so, Amara Papa, Had Ishta'e Milta Batre de Mor Shemuel, Venafel Kanyami Talala, Ubaza, La'arnaka de Mohe. Is it really so? Either of these two interpretations, either they don't know or they do know and they don't care. What about the following story? There was someone who spoke words negatively after the death of Mor Shemuel. Want to know what happened to him as he was speaking those words immediately after maybe? Then a beam fell from the roof and it cracked open his skull. Literally, the arnak, the kiss, the pocket of his brain, which means his skull. Oh, so you see... I think that was a coincidence. He was talking about Mor Shemuel, and immediately the beam fell off, cracked off of the roof, Not and cracked off. Not only do they know, but they have the power to do stuff and like care. Taking it like three steps forward. True. True. They can control things. True. They have some control. Answers the Gemara Shanes That wasn't per se the knowledge of that individual of Mor Shemuel, but rather since he was a Talmit Hakam, we call that a Tsurba Merabbanan. Lisrov means to burn. The Gemara and Ta'anit says that, well, so to speak, a Talmit Hakam burns all those who come in contact with them. It's the Torah which is burning through them. So Ban Rabbanan is different. is standing up for and claiming their honor and dignity. So wasn't that Mor Shimuel per se knew? nor that if he did know he cared, it was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's actions within this world set in motion by speaking wrongfully about that individual Moshimuel. Amar Bishu ben Levi, kolam sabera hamitatan shal tamideh hachamim. 
What about a person who speaks negatively after the death, after they're taken out in their coffin on a bed to death, uh, to burial, rather? Uh, anyone who speaks negatively about them, it's as if they fall into Gehenam. Uh, what's the pasuk that's cited in order to support this? Shinema, the person who speaks negatively about them. It's not a the punishment, not the person who's dead. Shinema, the hamatim akalkalotam, yolichem adonayet po'aleha avin, shalom al Yisrael. Afilu b'sha'ashe, shalom al Yisrael, yolichem adonai et po'aleha avin. The understanding the pasuk seems to be, as Rashi explains, based on the earlier pasuk, but the pasuk is describing to us matim akalkalotam, those who are uh, skewing words about those who are deceased, because the pasuk beforehand talks about the tovim and yesharim, about those who are doing positively, someone who skews that, someone who, who speaks crookedly about them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to lead them to uh, to po'ale avin, to, to, uh, is going to, it's going to lead them to Difficult and, and, and painful uh, payback for their wrongdoing. Shalom al Yisrael, the end of the Pasuk says Shalom al Yisrael. So the, the Rasha is Afilu, even at a time, Bisha'asha Shalom al Yisrael, even at a time that these individuals don't care, isn't affecting them in any way, shape, or form. They're passed away already. They are out of this world. Nonetheless, Yolichem Alonait Po Aleha Avanakadosh Baruch is going to exact the punishment that's necessary or appropriate to you for speaking wrongfully about them. What's the idea of a Talmud Hacham? Well, of course, it's an important person. Beyond that, maybe, the Gemara Masechet Pesachim and Daf Kaf Bet has a derasha that et Adonai Loecha Tira, that et in the Pasuk is Nidrash, Lerabot, Talmud Hachamim, the Yirah, the awe that you're supposed to have HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is not equivalent, but is close to being similar or being almost the same when it comes to scholars of Torah. They are the individuals who are speaking and acting the words of God, and in turn, they merit our respect, demand our honor and fear and awe of them. And in turn, if you're speaking wrongfully about them, kivyachol, in a certain respect, you're speaking wrongfully about HaKadosh Baruch Hu as well. Tanadavera uh, with regards to honor and awe of Talmidei Chachamim, if you saw a Talmid Chacham who sinned at night, Al don't suspect him. Don't think, but I saw him, black on white, it was clear, I saw him sin. Don't, sometime later, during the daytime, be thinking negatively about him. Why so Maybe he repented. In other words, if it's not in the, in the moment, you can expect, accept that they sinned. After that, you should assume, or you can assume, that maybe they repented. Maybe they did Teshubah? Of course they did Teshubah. We're talking about a Tamit Hakam, talking about an individual, not you and I would refer to a person Tamit Hakam, a true individual Tamit Hakam. It could also be the opposite. If you saw someone in the day, in the night. I thought he was going to go with maybe it was night, it was dark, you didn't see right. No, I think it's the opposite. It could also be the opposite of if you see someone in the day, don't think at night, oh, maybe because he had also the same amount of time to. Uh, Alternatively, night is a time where it's more secretive. So it's an expression of you saw him doing something 
when, uh, you know, there's a reason to suspect him. He's not out in the open, maybe. Uh, you'd give him the whole night, he must have repented. Something like that. But the night and day does need more of an interpretation to the specifics. But uh, it's a period of time. You can and should assume that he absolutely did Teshubah. This refers to sins that he may have performed with his body. Any sin, he ate uh, non-kosher food, he stole, he etc. No, not not stole, excuse me. Uh, he ate non-kosher food, he did uh, some uh, sexual impropriety, whatever the circumstances, there are many things a person can sin with their body. But when it comes to money, you cannot and should not assume they repented unless you need to return the money to the rightful owner. In other words, if you saw them eat non-kosher, so how'd they do Tishubah? They repented, they felt bad, they underwent the Tishubah process. When it comes to money, they stole money, that's what you saw, then you have no obligation to assume they repented because the only way they do a true repentance, they fully do Tishubah, is by returning the money. The Torah says you need to return that which was stolen to the person it was stolen from. Effectively, though, what the Gemara set forth for us in many of these stories as it concluded that conversation, even without a clear punchline with regards to whether the metim yodirim or not, whether those who have passed away are aware of what's going on in this world in a full in a full sense. And then the Gemara concluded it by, once it was talking about the difference between a Torah scholar and others, describing for us the necessity that we pro- appropriately and rightfully respect those who are both with regards to after their death as well as in their lifetime. If a person observed their wrongdoing, it's inappropriate to be suspicious of them. You should instead be melamed zechut and assume they did repent, provided that repentance to Shabbat was possible for them. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen ve'amen.